At Laylee, located here in Pella, would you believe that our elves are busy building robots that milk and feed cows? We enjoy giving the gift of robotic equipment to hardworking dairy producers year-round. Our robots allow more time for dairy producers to spend together. It's really the gift that keeps on giving. And by the way, isn't that what the holidays are all about? Laylee's holiday challenge for you, slow down, appreciate life's gifts, and focus on the real reason for the season. Happy holidays from our family at Laylee, farming innovators. At Laylee, we continue to provide the latest innovations for the dairy industry. Our robotic milking systems put more milk in the tank with less effort. Our robotic feeding systems provide optimal feed efficiency for a healthy and productive herd. And we have a line of innovative barn products that create an animal-friendly environment focused on the cow's well-being and comfort. Laylee, a worldwide pioneer in dairy farm automation, with our North American headquarters right here in Pella, is proud to be part of the community. Today's front page of today's Laylee Radio Sports page is brought to you by Spain Painting, exteriors done with integrity. Andrew Schneider on KNIA Cable S Radio. As we're already thinking about spring sports, even as the boys qualified for the state basketball tournament, track and field has been underway. Both boys and girls have been practicing, mostly outdoors, uh, but we're talking indoors today as we preview the 2024 season. Here with three of the senior leaders, J.C. Trine, Tess Paulson, and Macy Schrader. J.C., I'll start with you. The last time we were talking track and field, we were at the Blue Oval, and now here we are again getting ready for another two-and-a-half-month sprint towards that event. First of all, what does it mean to be back with this group of girls again and have so many returners? It's amazing. I'm so glad it's not done yet. I'm so glad we still have our senior season because I think we have a lot left to accomplish and look forward to. But yeah, we have a lot of freshmen incoming and we have a lot of returners. So I think we're set up for a good season. Well, and Tess, obviously a, a lot of excitement last year with in terms of just overall team, not counting state, a lot of great results at conference and throughout the season. Um, how exciting is it to be coming off of such a strong year? And what's it like with this group of girls, knowing so many of them were a contributing part of that? Um, it's really exciting just knowing that we have that momentum from last year going into this year and going in it with some of the same girls as last year and as well as the new ones. It's pretty exciting to get to see what we have this season. Well, Macy, that also comes after so many of you in the distance crew were members of the cross-country championship as well, back-to-back. Um, just in terms of confidence and where you guys are as a whole, whether it's a unit or as a team, what is that confidence like, and what does that kind of experience and pedigree give you going into races knowing that, hey, we've had a lot of success already? Yeah, knowing that we've had success and knowing our background, I believe, gives us some good confidence. Confidence that we need just to know that we can perform well. I know that our 4 by has a lot of wishes for this season, and we're just going to use that confidence to just come out with the goals that we are wanting. Well, JC, you come off of, I believe, three seasons in a row of at least three events and certainly four events, the back-to-back seasons of qualifying. Uh, all have come in that 200, 400 range, and there's a lot of talent there, too, including your sister who's coming on as a sprinter. How excited are you to see some of these uh, fast girls kind of get it all together again, knowing there was so much success in the 4x4 last year and the distance medley, sprint medley, and so on? Yeah, it's definitely a competition within the girls, too, on the team, which is good. It's a good thing, but yeah, we're looking forward to our 4x4 sprint men, all those middle distance and short sprints too, and it'll be fun to run with my sister Camry too. Well, Tess, you were an individual qualifier last year, and there's so many distance girls coming back, obviously from cross country as well. How excited are you to be back on the track with those girls pushing each other? There's a ton of competition because there's only a few spots in the 30 or the 3,000 and 1,500. Um, it's really exciting just to have those people there. Instead of having to push myself, I have people there to push me along mm-hmm. as well as help. I'm helping push others, and I'm. it's just exciting that we get to have so many people there together. 
Well, Macy, especially now as a leader on this team, not only are your individual events here really, really good, but so are so many on the other on the team. And, and as both all three of you have alluded to, there's a lot of freshmen as well. How have you tried to integrate some of the new faces in with their, when there is already so many good people here? And, and how are you trying to build them up to knowing that it's a long season and that you're going to need them to contribute at different meets? Yeah, I just like to stay encouraging for all the girls. And, like, especially with you and I coming up, we just got to keep in mind that you and I is not our end goal. So the younger girls that are coming with us, I'm really excited to see how they can do just because we got some sprinters coming, we got some mid-distance coming. So it's really exciting to see what they can do. And I just want them to keep in mind that you and I is at the end goal and that there's a lot of season there. We're here with three of the seniors of the Pella Girls track and field team. They're coming off of a third-place finish a year ago, multiple state qualifiers, including all three of you here in the room, uh, and obviously some high expectations coming into this year. Um, and then, so, JC, thinking about that, you have some events already cooking up here before spring break, going into spring break. Um, obviously, you don't typically have the entire team for those because of various other things going on, whether it's sports or spring break or whatever. But uh, how excited are you to get just back on the track, even if it is indoors? And how do these kind of help you tune up for the outdoor season? Yeah, indoor season definitely, I would say, is almost like it's almost like practice meets. I mean, it's not. It still matters what we are running. But it's like Macy said, it's not the end goal. We're looking long term, too. But it's definitely good to get back on the track and back in the blocks and back on you know, with our spikes and stuff. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Well, and Tess, how does this help you kind of learn about your competition? Obviously, you run a lot against a lot of these girls across country or even last year. But when you go to even some of these indoor meets, how do you kind of use that as a learning mechanism, knowing that mostly it's about what you're doing yourself on the track? But what's it like just to even learn about, hey, we know who's out there now, right? Like if you see ADM or Solon or some of these teams at these meets. Um, it just helps us, like, prepare for outdoor meets because it's like getting to see what they can do as well as seeing what we can do. So getting to see that before we get to the outdoor season is really helpful to prepare for what we can do later in the season. When you say prepare for, prepare for outdoor season, you've had so many outdoor practices already that you maybe already had a feel of it. Macy, how has it helped just to be outside already and um, you know have wind when you're trying to practice a handoff or whatever it is? And, and how is it, especially for some of these newcomers to have, how good is it for them to have some actual outdoor experience already? I'm so glad that we've been able to get outside. I mean, Coach Ross is talking about how February we usually don't get to go outside, and so it's just been great to be able to run in this weather. Being able to run at the wind, that's definitely a struggle and definitely something I have not been used to lately because I've been in the wrestling room. But, you know, Lizzie and I talked that running in the wind was definitely hard. We had a workout where we had to try and keep splits and trying to keep pace, and that was really hard. And then I remember the other day we had some girls trying to do some handoffs and we had to try and help them watch and time it right with the wind and the cold. So it's just a bit hard, but I think it's a great learning experience, especially for the younger girls, because now they'll have a feel for it and it'll make it even in easier indoors. So I'm really excited. So we're talking with the seniors before they kick off their competition season, and then when they do, that's a lot, about two to three weeks of meet, depending on the week. Uh, so let's talk goals then. Obviously, all of you have been to state before. All of you have, were a big part of the trophy-winning team a season ago, and I'm sure that the expectations from that aspect are higher. But what are just goals overall? It could be that or anything. What are some of your goals heading into your final season? I think for, like... I think for our team, I think, you know, state goals have always been important to get people qualified in as many events as possible and to represent Pella and represent the Dutch. But I think definitely top five is very, very doable. And top three is also a good goal that we could have for our team. Like JC said, basically just seeing that we can get to that top five or even top three is a really attainable goal, like she said, and just looking to the big picture. 
I'll speak a little bit more on the mid-distance side. Our four bite last year was very close to Drake, and so our four bite definitely has some high standards for us this year. I mean, we'll definitely be reaching for that. We also like to keep our goals realistic, so we're not going to try and get our heads all blown up. But um, so yeah, it would be fun to qualify for that if possible. And our four bite and four bite four would also love to go to state again. We had such a great run last year. I know our four bite definitely has higher expectations for state this year. So we'll see how that goes, and I'm just really excited for how all of our relays can turn out. Should be a whole lot of fun. Again, kicking off with the indoor season, it's the Pella Girls Track and Field team who will be kicking that off and then going outdoors at the end of the month. Congratulations on all the hard work you've already put in. Looking forward to seeing you at trackside, getting some photos and all the above, and hopefully we're all seeing each other nice and warm in mid-May. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Today's center page of today's Laley Radio Sports page is brought to you by Hearthstone, a ministry of Wesley Life, supporting the health, independence, and well-being of older adults in Pella. Here for a Spotlight Athlete segment with uh, Pleasantville senior wrestler Madeline Rouston. Madeline, obviously a really successful senior wrestling season for you. You kind of want to walk me through just a little bit of how you did and, you know, kind of how the state meet went for you. Um, yeah, uh, I was definitely going in with higher expectations, and I got really close. I only lost... I made it to the blood rounds and I lost that match by one point. So I just, I knew that I, from comparing it to last year, I, I really improved and just, I was really proud after the fact, after the the loss set in a little bit, I was really proud of myself. Has it been neat for you to kind of be really a, just a kind of a pioneer of this Pleasantville Girls Wrestling Program? You know, obviously it just got going last year and now this year. Where do you think that not just yourself, but the program has grown the most in the last two years or in the last year? Um, I really think our team, like bond, like bonding, and just how close we are as a team, has really been a, a key factor in the way our team works. And just, um, yeah. Yeah, and obviously the sport of wrestling has taken off so much, and the girls wrestling has taken off so much in the state of Iowa. You're now going to go wrestle at the next level at Central College next year. Can you kind of talk about what the recruiting process was like a little bit for you? Um, I definitely had a few smaller colleges reach out to me and I visited some and I really when I visited Central I just really felt like that was a, a good fit and I knew that there would be support not just in academics but in athletics too and I really like Coach Baines she's a very she's a very strong personality and I really like that and she's very outgoing and I think I'll fit in best there. Does it help too was it their appeal too for Central that it's you know so close to home as well? Uh, definitely yeah. You know, what would you feel like, you know, I when visiting with you with your wrestling coach and stuff, you know, he says that you really helped set the stage for this wrestling program and was able to get it in a really good spot. You know, how encouraging is it for you to see so many younger girls in the Pleasantville community now going out for wrestling? Um, it's very emotional because I wanted to wrestle when I was that little. So just being that role model in the little girls' lives is really impactful. And how, you know, the, the boys, the girls had a really good season this year. The boys wrestling program had a really good season. How exciting and encouraging is it for you to see, you know, you leaving the Pleasantville uh, wrestling program in such a good spot? Um, definitely. I'm so proud of the boys. that It's so good being able to watch them up there at State. It was just so proud of where we have come in our athletics this year and just, yeah. Where do you feel like yourself personally as a wrestler has grown the most from your junior to senior year? Um, definitely confidence. Just going in and um, attacking each match and wanting to improve on the little things and just taking little mistakes from every match and improving the next practice. You know, if you did visit with, if, you know, one of them little girls that's in wrestling now is listening to this and you could give them a sort of encouragement or advice of what they need to do to be a successful high school wrestler someday, what would you tell them? 
Um, don't give up on yourself. Even if you lose those tough matches, you there's always a tomorrow, and just get up and keep trying. You know, what was it like to, you know, what was some of the important advice that you took away from Coach Koenig, you know, a guy willing to come in and kind of take over this girls' program, just getting started, you know, what, what did you learn from him going throughout your two years? Um, he and my dad have definitely just been, um, they pour into me and they always are backing me up even when I don't think I have enough confidence. They're always right behind me and are confident in me, and I think that really helped me definitely at the state tournament that they believed in me more than I believed in myself. You know, you come from a strong wrestling family, obviously, with your dad being a coach and uh, and your brother being a successful wrestler, too. You know, is it one of those things that it just seems like wrestling never gets old? You just want more and more and more of it in your family? Uh, definitely, yeah. It's just I didn't know I would love this sport this much until I went out last year, and I'm just so thankful that I did. How has the other sports that you participated in in Pleasantville helped you on the wrestling map? Because you know that obviously conditioning is different for like a like track or cross country than it is for wrestling. Yeah, I think cross country and track and definitely um, the strength program that we've been doing is has helped me with like agility and just the overall strength. Looking back over this past season, was there a favorite memory that really stuck out to you mm-hmm. or, a, or a most significant win for you? Hmm. I would say probably... Oh, it's so hard to pick, but I just think the practices in general were just my favorite. Just being surrounded by so many girls that had the love for the sport that I did. And then definitely at state this year with Addie Koenig, um, we just had a lot of fun moments and funny moments with the coaches, and that was just a lot of fun. You know, kind of before we close, you know, what what is one thing that you feel like you'll really take away from being a Pleasantville wrestler and carry that with you to, to Central College? Um, It's hard to choose, but just the overall support that I felt from the community has really been something that's going to stick with me. And I know that there's always going to be people in Pleasantville that are going to support me when I'm in college and furthering my career. Well, Madeline, I appreciate your time and, you know, congrats. And that was a spotlight athlete segment with Madeline Rousen. Thank you. Now time for today's back page on today's Laley radio sports page on KNIA and KRLS. I'm Derek Cardwell, and on today's Laley Radio Sports page, this Saturday is the second of two episodes of the Matt Morrow and Carl Chevrolet Sprint Car Racing Radio Preview Show on KNIA. This week's guests include local 410 driver Austin McCarl, who is running a very aggressive schedule this season. Austin talks about how he feels he needs to be good at all kinds of tracks to get to where he wants to go. I got called a half mile guy by some outlaw officials <laughs> last week. That kind of you know bothers me a little bit. Which I guess if you run half miles all the time, you're going to get you know classified as a half mile guy. But you know my dad's pounded in my head constantly to not move your hands and and things like that. And you know growing up around Knoxville, that's kind of the key. But um, I mean, in my opinion, if you want to beat Brad Sweet and you know win an outlaw show or win an outlaw championship or a high limit championship nowadays, you have to be good at everything. Right. So, I mean, that's that was the whole kind of motive behind me going out a few years ago and, and getting in the Tarleton car and going out to California and, you know, doing some more traveling at the end of last year compared to what I would normally do and just going and seeing different racetracks and different styles of racing. I mean, we think Knoxville gets slick or, or places around here can get slick, and then you go to Ohio and <laughs> there's no such thing as a cushion. Right, so, right, right. I mean, it's just you have to be good at everything, in my opinion, and um, to do that, you have to, you know, you have to go experience those things and you know, last year at the end of the year, I was fortunate enough that Oakville family let me kind of go venture out and do some things that I've never really done before. And I don't know, to answer your question, I just, 
I mean, I guess I'm technically a half mile guy if I had to pick. I mean, speed doesn't bother me. Well, if they're going to call you a half mile guy, and I'm not taking because Houston's is not a quarter mile track, obviously, it's a bigger track, but have they ever raced Houston's? Because Houston's is unforgiving. Oh, very. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, not, or Houston's races a lot like Knoxville. I think that's part of the reason my dad has had so much success there, or used to at least. Right. It seems like lately it kind of doesn't build a giant cushion and whatever, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I again, I, I try and be good at everything. You know, what right. I mean, wherever we're at that night, I, you know, winning's the goal, and that's what what we're there to do. So I need to figure it out. Hear more from Austin McCarl this Saturday at eleven on KNIA. Our next guest will be the second of a two-part interview with National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum Executive Director Bob Baker. Bob talks about this year's induction class and how much he is looking forward to that weekend. It really is, especially, you know, sitting here at the radio station in Knoxville, Iowa, and being a Knoxville Raceway enthusiast my whole life, it was so good to hear that Roy Robbins, yep. the winner of the first Knoxville Nationals, is finally going to be inducted this year. Of course, Roy is not alive anymore, but it, his widow is still alive, and she plans on joining us. So that, that's going to be a big day to have Roy inducted in the Hall of Fame. But a lot of familiar names, race car drivers, are people that in the racing business that Knoxville uh, race fans and residents probably know just from being around Knoxville, Paul McMahon, World of yep. Outlaw driver, will be inducted. John Stanbro, a USAC sprint car driver. Tracy Hines, another USAC driver. Gary Deuce Terrell, mechanic on Doug Wolfgang's car and several other cars over the years. Rick Warner, he's done it with Tony Stewart. He's done it with Donnie Schatz, and now he's with Rico. So I think a lot of people are really happy about Ricky Warner being inducted. Mark Bones-Bossier, written all the great books that we read and that we sell in the Hall of Fame. Bill Holder. A lot of people may not remember Bill Holder, but Bill is the guy that wrote over 400 articles for Open Wheel Racing Magazine, yep. and he's just a wealth of information anytime you call him. I was a subscriber to Open Wheel. I got the, I still have the very first three. I've, I managed to save those. The rest of them went by the wayside. And as you, again, I've read these names. We talked about these names as you listed them off again. I wasn't born when Roy won the Nationals. One of the most looked forward to guests this week is World of Outlaws champion Brad Sweet. But unlike the last several seasons, he will not be defending that title. That's because he and his brother-in-law, Kyle Larson, are busy running and racing in the new High Limit Series. Sweet talks about some of the things he learned with his first season as a series promoter. You know, when Kyle, said, Kyle and I set out on this journey with High Limits was, you know, to, to try to, you know, create something new and exciting and, you know, maybe do things a little different, some innovation, you know, the the sport, you know, as a whole, we thought could use it. And I think that, you know, we were able to prove that last year and, you know, have some great events, um, you know, and, and do it in the middle of the week and do it at tracks that don't necessarily have big shows. And, you know, I think we're continuing with that same mindset this year, just kind of on a, you know, bigger scale. I guess that was kind of a proof of concept, even if it was, you know, just for us or for, you know, everyone to see, um, you know, it was a, it was a nice way to, to see if, you know, what we were thinking was going to work, and, and we feel really confident, you know, moving into to, to a 60 race, you know, schedule this year with, with all the resources we have and, and Flow Racing as our partner. Um, you know, it takes, a lot, it takes a lot of good people, uh, you know, to build a great team to, to go out and, and execute and succeed. So I think we've done that, and, uh, you know, it'll be a good bit different than last year. We have a lot more uh, people and uh, you know, obviously you're going to need that. So yeah, it's exciting, uh, exciting times, been a lot of work to get to this point, but, but yeah, I thought last year, uh, was a lot of fun for me. Uh, I did a lot of things, you know, outside of the race car that I hadn't done before. And, um, you know, learned a lot about the business of racing. 
Our final guest is 2023 Pro Sprints champion at Knoxville, Cade Higday. Higday comes from a well-known racing family, and he talks about how family has helped him in his young career. The most fun part about racing for me, I think, is uh, getting to look up and when you get a slow minute, which isn't very often at the racetrack anymore. But you look up, you see the kids with their flags in the stands and playing with the race cars and stuff, and it's kind of cool to see it uh, come full circle for me. That was you. I mean, do you remember those days? I Obviously, you remember me sneaking you in to see Mom and Dad before the race, but do you remember those days of just being in the grandstands? Oh, absolutely. That's, ama- that's amazing. Everything we forget in life, because, again, you're a driver. I had to remind you we had this interview, but the, the, the things that stick out the most about the families at Knoxville Raceway, whether it be your mom and dad, whether it be the Andersons, we're all one big tight family. And when you were winning races again, when you got a championship underneath your belt, that same family came around you again at the banquet. Oh, absolutely. We, uh, we had a lot of fun at the banquet. <laughs> did you drink out of the trophy? You said you were going to, we did. We, uh, filled both of them plumb full of beer and we drank all the beer out of them. <laughs> Some history. And we brought this up last summer when I was interviewing you, but I just want to remind the fans, the car you were driving last year is a special car. It is. It's a very special car and a very old car. Uh, it was one that we got from Johnny Anderson, actually, and it's uh, now 24 years old. It's a 2000 Eagle, and uh, yeah, it's a little bit, but if you square it upright, it doesn't even know it. That is just a small nibble of what you'll hear Saturday on KNIA with part two of the Matt Morrow and Carl Chevrolet Sprint Car Racing Radio Preview Show, which airs at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. on KNIA. For KNIA Cabalas Sports, I'm Derek Cardwell. That was today's back page on today's Laley Radio Sports page on KNIA and KRLS. You can find segments from the show and podcasts online at KNIAKRLS.com.